everyone. Welcome to Lock Screen Convos. Uh, my name is Tunji, and I'm joined with Uzar today. Hey. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we are uh, really, I mean, we go way, way back. I'm not going to say how many years, but we go we go way back. And, you know, we've... Them uh, how old we actually <laughs> know how far back it goes. It goes really far back, guys. <laughs> so... I'm talking decades. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say how many years, but this is, you know, left for another time. But, um, I mean, man, I mean, I, I was just thinking about, I don't know if you remember when we were kids... Uh, when we wanted to build a video game. I don't know if you remember that there was a magazine that one of us had and then it was like a competition to build a game. And um, I don't know if you remember. Mm, I don't. I, I do remember us making our own sort of like RPG type of game with your Lego set. Mm-hmm. So um, there's there was that, but I don't remember exactly building like the the desire to build a video game but I, I won't put it past us we had some, some uh, interesting... ideas. <laughs> yeah yeah i i think uh we got really interested in video games especially with uh, your neighbor victor and mm-hmm. uh, in- installing doom on one of on one of the computers to play and um i think um just trying to get se- uh, set up on that got us interested in not just playing the games but like the low levels of how some of those things work and install on machines and i wouldn't be surprised if there was a point where we thought about making a game but i it doesn't come it doesn't ring a bell just right now oh yeah no worries i mean it's just like decades ago like like you said and this is way 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 back in um you know i i can definitely say as far back as growing up in nigeria um in lagos um I guess the things always, I always found things intriguing as far as like how, you know, how are things built? You know, I see a Word document, I'm asking myself, how does the computer save this document? You know, so, um, and in obviously coming to Canada, you obviously came here first for your family and then came through and I joined. Um, we've both found ourselves um, in the tech industry, um, even though I started out in, in media and so, I've had the opportunity to work in um, advertising. I've worked in sales and I've seen like ad, ad campaigns. So I've always been like in that creative space, but also I'm also te- technically inclined also. So I've always been interested in the tech industry, um, how are apps built? How do you code things? And, but you, you've always, I've always seen you as someone who is like really, really into the, the tech space. Like uh, you got into programming much earlier than I did. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, like when you mentioned our our days back in Nigeria, he, um, I remember having a programming teacher as a, a programming lesson teacher, someone oh, who wow. came to the house every couple of days. Yeah, and um, he taught me Q Basic. I so it it does it, it was in, I was interested in computers, and my parents hired uh, someone to teach me programming, and it. Yeah, this was way back before I knew what the internet was, before I knew that programming would be a lucrative career or anything like that. Um, mm. I, I uh, Before there was any movement to pivot to tech, I, it was just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the interest was there some, since way back. You're right. I did not. So I did not know you had a programming teacher. That's, that's, that's some new information. Yeah, <laughs> some some perspective on that. Uh, the guy was teaching me a bit, and then he, uh, at some point, 
there was, I, I think I got to understand a bit more about computers or at least some parts of computers more than him. And mm. he, he did something that ended up crashing an, our computer, even though I'd warned him not to do that. Oh, and wow. so the computer got reformatted and um, that was the end of that. So I, I think it was not a very long lived experience. Um, I, I, <laughs> it, 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 it couldn't have been up to a year. So it would have been fairly easy to miss that. Um, but yes, I did have a programming teacher back, way back in the day. Awesome. Well, I, I mean, for me, I was, um, so as kids, my, I mean, my, my parents got us into everything. I mean, so I had a music teacher, uh, I had an arts teacher. Um, then obviously I had like, you know, teachers for lesson teachers, like we call them, you know, for math right. and uh, science. So I had like all those like traditional courses, never really anyone come to teach me um, programming and so um but i think the first time that i realized that uh technology was playing a big was having a big impact is when i started producing music and i realized i could do a whole lot of stuff with just software as compared to once upon a time we need to have like an entire studio with compressors and hardware and wires but i could literally do everything on software and so it got me curious um I didn't obviously pursue software engineering first because I didn't even know if that was a thing or if that was going to help me in building those kind of apps or that kind of thing. But I just thought the the media approach might be much more straightforward. Um, then I, after graduating, I realized, okay, I mean, the media industry is cool, but uh, finding a job is very difficult. And then I, I worked in Nigeria, but then when I moved out here, it was obviously very hard to get into that field and so that was when i started you know for lack of better terms pivoting to the tech industry and you were one of the people i mentioned to you before you one of the people who i you know kind of kind of observed with at the time so it's 2009 2010 you mean you were building websites with wordpress and that kind of thing so um is this something that you just like picked up yourself and you said i'm gonna start building websites or did someone inspire you um, I think, so I, hmm, my interest in websites was long before we even moved to Nigeria, I moved to Canada in the first place. Um, I was, I, I don't even think I'd entered secondary school and mm. I went to my mom's office at some point. Um, she worked at National Oil and, um, I, after um, school, um, I would, because my, my, my school was closer to her office than the house, I would get a ride from there, from mm -hmm. the school to her office, and I'll hang around her office for a little bit till she's done her day, and then I'll end up coming home with her. Um, one of those days, I came into the office, and there was some man, and it pains me that I don't remember his name because this this small gesture I'm about to tell you literally shaped my life. Mm. Um, he called me into his office and I don't remember ever having a conversation with him before or after, but this one day he just called me into his office and showed me his computer screen. And what was on his computer screen was the Cartoon Network website. Mm. And it blew my mind because things were animated. There were links to games that you could play in the browser. Right. And it, it was just, honestly, it was the most fascinating thing I'd ever seen. And 
in that moment, I just, I saw that and I said, I want to design for the internet. Mm. And that, that phrase stuck with me even before I understood what HTML, CSS, or any of the underlying stuff was. I just saw that and it was truly the most impressive thing ever. And it stuck with me. And so even wow. um, after I moved to Canada, I, sorry, before I moved to Canada, I joined the, the computer club in secondary school. And even though I didn't have access to the internet, I just hung around people who were interested in computers. Mm -hmm. I moved to Canada. I ended up, my school ended up having a website club in, uh, and I joined it in grade 12. I think I wrote at maybe, maybe 50 lines of HTML in the entire school year, but mm -hmm. I ended up getting a participation certificate. And, um, th and, I went to university for software engineering, dropped out after two years, mm -hmm. and there was a recession going on in Canada at that time. This is around 2008. Right. There, was a there was a recession going on from the real estate market and some other stuff. And I was working some part-time jobs here and there. What I ended up doing, I ended up sitting down to think about what skill sets I had or what was available i loved drawing i loved computers and so maybe i can combine the two and i started digital design and so i started doing logos and flyers and stuff like that and i ended up designing an artist's myspace page right. um and he he loved it a lot and he asked me if i could make his website for him and mm. even though i didn't end up doing his website um that was the, the 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 his myspace page was my first experience actually designing something with html and css for someone right. and i i was truly proud of how it looked and how it turned out and then we um i ended up making a website i believe for my dad's store uh he had um he he was selling mobile phones at the time and um I, I I don't know how I can't even remember how this happened, but I pitched him a uh, pitched him on the idea of making a website, mm -hmm. to a, an online gallery where he could list his products, and so other people can just go there and see it. And I made this website for him, and he I spent really long on it. He liked the design. I I was proud of it, but right. every every page was hard coded. Every page was its own static HTML page. And so you can imagine for like, I think of an e-commerce store and there's categories, there's product listing, there's um, every time you add an item, like let's say you add a new Samsung phone, you not only have to create that page, you have to go to the Samsung listing page and create an entry for it. And then like, mm. in yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting, I'm like, there has to be an easier way to do this. Like this can't be the way I, I remember thinking very clearly, I don't believe that when I type in something into Google, that there's some guy at Google headquarters that is creating that web page and sending right. it back to me. It's just not like the return. They used to put the time generated at the bottom of the page and the time it took to generate the page was so little that it was impossible for it to be someone manually creating it. So there had to be some system that generated mm -hmm. this. And that led me to WordPress. And so I 
took all the work I'd done for my dad at the time and remade a brand new website. And I, you know, basically relaunched it and told him, hey, you know that website I made for you that you really like? Yeah, that stuff is crap. I've thrown it away. I've made a brand new one. Here's why this is better. Mm. And um, he was so pleased by that. He actually paid me again for the work, and wow. which, was, which was pleasantly surprising because I wasn't, I just did it because I thought this needed to be done. And so right. getting paid to do that twice, um, even though I did the work twice, I was only expecting my original pay and um, I was glad that started the the chain of working, make, solving things with websites and making things, making websites for people and a series yeah. of um, blessed interventions led me to people who needed websites. And that's how that journey started. It was it wasn't a very well planned thing. I, I saw Cartoon Network website and I dropped out of university like how many a long time later and it mm-hmm. all connected somehow it's wow um there's so many nuggets i can pull from that which i was taking notes but um uh, a few things that stuck out to me was um so you I mean you did mention that there was a moment that just it was seen a cartoon network on the internet that totally changed your life and the trajectory of your life and um being able to I guess you had been tinkering with websites for a bit and designing websites. And you did mention the creative part, which is you designing logos, which is, I remember you doing design graphic designs back in the day, excuse me. And then um, being able to identify a problem or, uh, or or a gap with your dad's um, cell phone business. I remember back in the day, he still has it, right? I think he still has it. He still does. It's it's not um, the same. the The market is not the same anymore, and I don't think right. that's the, his primary focus. He probably has people managing that business. Um, right. He's he's doing something else primarily now. Okay, awesome. But, but I remember back then because um, you, you, I even I think I I've been to the the website a couple of times, and you were just able to identify uh, a solution to a problem that he potentially had and it's that is showing his inventory and it just goes to show how being observant of things around us can spark up ideas in us and we just go right ahead as long as we have the skill sets and the knowledge and the domain um to do so um but having having said that i feel like especially for me at this point where I know that there are so many problems still in the world. There's so many things that can be solved for potentially with technology. I mean, we're both developers, we're both creative people, but I feel like one of the issues that I've been facing is thinking too much on like on like an Elon Musk type level or Michael Zuckerberg <laughs> type level, where it's like, it has to be this grand idea that is going to change the world, like Mojo Jojo or something. And uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you know, thinking so far and wide, but then we underestimate what problems we could be solving if we are, you know, solving seemingly small problems that could become something big in the future. We don't know. And like you said, also, it wasn't like you had like this plan to, you know, create something magical or you just found an issue that you wanted to solve and you went for it. And so um, have you 
so like 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 I give my my own uh, situation. Have you had an experience also where you felt like, or where you feel like, um, you have to create something that is, you know, next level, next generation type stuff? And why do you, if you have, why do you feel that's the case? I um, yeah, I I definitely felt that repeatedly. Um, number a number of points in my career that has. Uh, uh, I'll give you one that is might not be so obvious. Um, when I started, there was a point where I had started uh, my like I knew software development was a thing. I was already doing some contract work for companies in Toronto and um, design shops who have like they they have people making web designs and um, they don't necessarily have the people who can build all this or wire it up to WordPress the way they would like and so I would mm-hmm. do freelance work for them and I would charge um, some 20 30 something multi dollars an hour to do this and for someone who has very little overhead and just very small you know, not not a big desire to spend money or even make a lot mm. of money. It was um, it was very. I was like, okay, this is the first time since I've dropped out of university that I'm really feeling like I. I'm confident in what I'm doing. I know what I'm mm-hmm. doing. I've seen different code bases, and I can see the kind of code these people have paid hundred dollars an hour for, and I'm able to produce better quality work and do all this. I think I'm going to be fine as a software developer. Things are going to be okay. Um, but one thing I didn't know is how <laughs> these people in the first place were making what they're like big businesses, big organizations. And when you look at the code underneath that they ship, I'm just like, this is awful. I can do better. But Mm. how come they're the ones creating these businesses and services that other people are lining up around the corner and paying them big money for? And I can, I feel like I can do better, but I'm, I'm not there. Um, Right. So I ended up taking a step back and finding, deciding to, instead of focusing on my own like career, um, go find a company, someone who has started a business and go work for them and learn how they sell software. So find a company that is making some software. Ideally, they're not very technically advanced Mm -hmm. so that, you know, I can contribute. And so the hardest part is not me focusing on like learning as, you know, like all these like, new technologies or new APIs or esoteric mm-hmm. things, you know, we're not using cutting edge stuff. I'm not, I'm not learning um, uh, Rust and le- uh, learning how to do, uh, what's that? Um, web, the, 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 the uh, I'm thinking of some like low level web API for not oh, JavaScript, but um, there's a, no, 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 uh, n- not JavaScript, but there's like what? a web, Web assembly. Uh, web web assembly. Wasm, right. Yes. So we're, I'm I'm not writing web assembly and stuff. I'm like on the cutting edge of technology. Mm. So what I ended I ended up finding a company that they're doing WordPress. It, it's a WordPress installation, and he's selling um, communication management software to schools. And it was basically a WordPress installation with. Um, a theme, a body press theme, and some te- some stuff on top. But there were schools paying 
um, $100 a month for this. Mm. And I'm sitting there stunned. I'm like, I would never have thought I would just install WordPress and a theme and people would pay me a hundred dollars a month for this. Like, right. how, like to me, my first thoughts were the audacity of this man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but then there was something to learn from that because this man was feeding his family and doing stuff. And like, he, he didn't even know how to write code. Right. Like, you know, like he, he could do some HTML and CSS, but the actual underlying PHP and the, you know, some APIs that were leveraging, he did not know how to do this stuff. And yet mm. here he was with his WordPress installation and theme and some other stuff. And people were paying good money to him every month for this enough to, for, for him to pay himself and pay a bunch of staff members to do different things. And um, that tiny WordPress installation ended up being something that we converted into a tuition management system. And in our first mm-hmm. year, we processed a million dollars on that system. And Whoa. it just goes to a million dollars USD. And it just goes to show USD, that, not Canadian. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> the, 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 I mean, even even in Canadian, that's still a lot of So something, yeah. I mean, but it, it was just the idea that it didn't need to be like what you expect, like uh, a system that is processing a million dollars and school a, a software as a service that organizations are paying you hundreds of dollars a month for. You would you don't think install WordPress, install theme, done. But that was basically what it was. This is like that's ninety percent of the work, and I was stunned completely. And um, in fact, talking about it just you know, reminds me that I am overthinking a lot of things that I'm trying to do. And sometimes it's the simplest, most basic thing that is what you need to go at. And instead of thinking of this high level, you know, like, yes, I I have all this fault tolerance and Mm -hmm. partition caching and distributed uh, microservice system to do this. And it's just, yo, install WordPress and get going. Get something that adds value to people. You will be surprised what they pay you. You'll be surprised where they are and you know what 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 you what you what you scoff at today is is actually a really big solution for someone. And I mean, if you think about it, I installed WordPress for my dad and mm-hmm. that changes life he paid me again for web development i'd already done um it sometimes the biggest the biggest change to someone's organization might be something so little to you that you don't even value it you don't wow. think it's it's worth considering these are gems i mean you're dropping some some serious gems and i i think as developers i i know i'm definitely biased and i think a big reason is as a developer, we always compare ourselves with other developers. And so if somebody is out there making this very complex algorithm, very complex software system, we're always going to be like, oh, wow, you know, if he or she can do that, I want to do that too, so that I can be that top level developer. But then how many times do we ask ourselves, you know, what value are we putting out, out there? And like you said, a plugin that to you looks like a joke is what's become an entire business and it's i feel like people who are not developers but who are value oriented are very good at spotting gaps and 
they might know, okay, I just need somebody to develop this for me because I've already figured out the value it provides to my customers. And we will be thinking, of course, we know the tech and we might look down on the technology like, oh, you're not even using Node.js, you're not even using React or whatever hot technical tools out there. But the owner of the business knows the value, understands the value that it presents to, um, to the customers. So I think the big question for us is, you know, how do we remove our developer hats sometimes? It's obviously important. There's obviously value in being a technically inclined person. But when it comes to, you know, being creative and providing value, sometimes I really think we need to remove our technical hat and think like customers who, they don't care what you're using. All they care is, are you solving my problem? You build a website for your dad and he he doesn't know about WordPress, or at least at the time he didn't. He didn't doesn't know about HTML or JavaScript, but you know those things and you know what value it, it would, by creating using these tools, you know what value it's going to provide to uh, your dad and you built it. Um, in my own scenario, I, I think I think back to recently my mom who has all these recordings that she's doing, video recordings. And like I told you, going back to my media roots, I just felt like, well, anybody can edit videos. What's the big deal? Like, you know, there's nothing special about editing videos. And then, you know, she has, you know, and she still has these videos that she's trying to record. And she sent me all the files. And in like a day or two, I, I edited the videos, put in graphics, and she was amazed. Like completely amazed, and to me, I'm just like, oh, okay, you really like this? And it's like, yes, yeah, like this is what she really, this is what she's been looking out for, and it really got me thinking that I shouldn't, we shouldn't underestimate whatever skills we have acquired, you know, over the years to practice. Um, we are sometimes our own worst critics, and I think we should do more in, you know, not. Um, undermining what we have and strongly, strongly think about value. It doesn't matter how complex it is. Even if it takes you one hour a day to do, if, you, if you're working one hour a day on something that provides value to, you know, thousands of people potentially, that's, I think that would be amazing. What do you think? I think you've nailed something on the head that I, I needed, I needed to hear this. Um, this conversation is for me as much as it is for whoever else is listening. Um, mm. I Right now, I'm, uh, I've had my own experience making some value-oriented software. And um, some of them, most of them, I would say, um, ended up with one user just mm -hmm. one person who ended up using it and they were extremely grateful and happy and stuff like that. But I never really saw how to convert that into a business. There was one that I ended up making that turned out to be a really valuable business for me. And um, it, uh, it, but that, that business is, is done at this point. Um, mm -hmm. Some circumstances have changed, but in but after experiencing such tremendous business success, um, the next step I'm thinking of is I'm, I'm like trying to figure out what next can I do, what like, and, and I have my developer hat on and I'm looking at what technologies I need to string together to make this thing right. and how, how to put this together and maybe just, I, and there's some there, there's one thing that I see a problem very clearly. The problem is so clear to me that um, 
I like I've known about like it, it's in the similar space to where I already had my business, but mm. it's it's something that because it's a lot more amorphous, it's it, it's not a defined market or service yet. So I don't know how I'm going to charge for it. I don't know how I'm going to present it. Mm-hmm. It seems like a two-sided marketplace where it's one of those things where there's only value if there's tons of people using it. But then how do you get tons of people using it if you're charging up front? And right. if you're not charging up front, then are you running software that is free to a bunch of people? And where how do you make your money? And these are the questions I'm, you know, like focusing on and beating myself up about it. and it's like, like maybe i should just get a job and the and you just something you said earlier just if you're working on something for one hour a day that's supposed to make a difference to x amount of people mm-hmm. why not just do that you know like i mean the same way i've started working on the website for my dad because i realized this is not good enough and just did better just made better and um it some sometimes you get sometimes you're able to make some serious coin from it sometimes mm-hmm. you, you don't but as an engineer you get to make the world a better place you get to test your skills and push yourself right. and become better at making things and um i it, it's it, it's funny you're saying this because in i have some notes that i'd taken down before this call and there was one person that um his name is hunter loftus or right. i don't know how to pronounce last name so sorry if you ever if you ever hear this and i'm mixing your last name it's it's my ignorance bro um hunter loftus um he works at heroku and um he is an engineer in that in that he builds like for fun he builds like video game engines mm-hmm. and builds like ray ca- ray ray casting systems and um his most recent pro- one of his m- most recent projects is something called table of sending and he built uh he loves dungeons and dragons and he built a dungeons and dragons application web app and so this r- automatically generates d- a dungeon that you can customize for yourself it gives you tokens that you can use to move across the tiles mm-hmm. and you can play dungeons and dragons and create custom campaigns and tokens and put them in the game and play with your friends um what's even more impressive is that he ended up building this um webcam service in there and so like it your profile instead of having like a profile picture or like an avatar what it does is it takes streams of your a, a streaming video from your webcam right it, ter- it turns it into this mini icon thing it does some stylizing th- stuff so it it, it looks it's st- it, it updates the graphic does this nice stylized um graphic icon thing and then it shows so you you're sitting there playing with people and you could see them but it also like fits the game art style in its own weird way and it's doing this it, it think think of zoom like mm-hmm. a, a video conferencing tool but then built into a game and so he's built a game and a video conferencing tool and combined that into one and that is table of sending and you can imagine the amount of complex technical stuff that goes into 
Right. The video stream for multiple things, an interactive board that people can move and then set rules and customize the tiles. This is a massive project and it blew my mind. And I'm like, yep, Hunter's at it again. He's making something crazy and doing some crazy stuff. And, yeah. you know, this is like, I, I'm, I, I'm impressed by that. But then he makes a side project with his wife and it's called datenightquestions.com. And date night questions is basically a list of questions to ask like each other on a date. And you right. just go to this website and it shows you the card, like each question, like it shows like a deck of cards and then you click on it and it flips over the top card and the top card is a question. And it could be like um, something like what, it, um, what was your, what was the last good meal you ate or what is your favorite this? Or if you had a chance to travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? Just like little things that help you get to know your, your date yeah. essentially. Right. And this thing where it's like a list of questions and, an, and a, 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 a graphic interface to sort of display them and go through those questions. Date night questions turned out to be, the most popular thing he made in 20 in a while actually and right. it, it, it got a product hunt product of the day or of the year and it was like number three i can't remember if it was for the day or for the year but it was ranked number three and i'm like this man built a whole game engine and webcam streaming service combined in one in the browser and mm. beep, nothing zero attention zero Love is just something he, him and his uh, Dungeons and Dragons circle of friends use. And mm. even though he's made it a service that other people can pick up, I don't think anyone is really using it like that. But date night questions, it's a list of questions and think an array of questions and something you click and it just pops the top item on the array and displays it in this card. And that is your product of the, that is your most popular product. Wow. That, you, you know, but then if you think about it, how many people play Dungeons and Dragons versus how many people go on dates and, mm, mm. <laughs> and how many people go on dates and there's like awkward things. And now here's a fun little thing you can do and share with the person you're on a date and engage them and get to know them and have fun with them in a way that like you could be open about it and have the app on the table and you're both selecting questions and asking each other or you could just have your phone on the side because if you don't know what to talk about you just like pull it out and like flip through and see a question and then ask and she's like wow that was really you know like you really want to get to know me and you know like open up more about yeah. something and you know he has a donation page and people are the donations are pouring in and there's they've even made a version for friends so one that isn't date specific oriented so you can select if you want a date night deck or like a friends like a evening with friends sort of deck and um, they even ended up building like making physical cards limited versions over the holiday mm -hmm. and they shipped out to people and i'm like this is the product that is going big and basically making a difference yet you did all this engineering here um, yeah. he, he ended up just making something on the side with his wife and that has made a bigger impact as far as I can tell. And it's like, 
it's 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 night and day. This is somebody who makes video games, and then it's yeah. just an array of questions. Pop it, show it in a in a, in a div that looks like a card. The end. How is this even? Yeah, you know, it, product it, of the year. It, it 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 continues. It continues to baffle me. I mean, and that story is just. I mean, it's one of so many that we can remove. If we do our research today, we'll find a lot more of people who are, you know, who are who are genius level. I mean, if someone is building a game engine, that's like genius level type, you know, skill. And instead, the thing that's changing your life is a simple app that's used for date nights, you know, and just together with your wife. Um, I mean, I don't know what processes led to him creating that idea, but it just goes to show how um, there are, and, and there's this, there's a, there's tons of ideas like this out there that we can all tackle, you know, and everyone has the opportunity to just, you know, go out there and 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 just learn and and just approach, as opposed to thinking about what's going to make me be on the cover of Wired magazine or some publication that will show you as a next tech superstar, you know, and I'm definitely going through the process of unlearning and, you know, taking off my developer hat. Um, as you, I mean, I believe you already know, I have this program, Paper to Tech, where I'm teaching people about code. And even for me in this season, I, I'm learning that people definitely, so, Almost everyone wants to get into the tech industry in some shape or form, but they don't really want to go through like the the hard process of learning to code. You know, learning about you know the fundamentals. Who wants the hard way? No, no, no one does. But if you can show them, you know, stuff that they can, you know, they, they can use to create and 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 I'm gonna say create like to create something meaningful um, in uh, in a short. In a presumably short period of time, they'll be more than interested. And in one of my notes, you know, I talked about um, building apps with no code. I mean, we both discussed about the no code movement, and it's slowly building up steam. And I've seen applications that were built, even some by developers who are using no code tools to build apps that are bringing in like thirty grand a month. I mean, that's crazy. I I would have thought that you need to be, you know, you need to, you know. Run up Docker services and install npm and install React and all these frameworks so it can build something that will bring you 30k a month. But there are tools out there where you don't even need to be that super technically inclined. But if you focus so much more on the value, I mean, you would just you could definitely make a killing. Um, and I think the people who understand this very well are like musicians you know they uh, some musicians know that they don't necessarily have to be the most talented singer or talented producer but if you just know how to you know spark some emotion you know whether it's laughter or 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 um or or pain or or joy whatever you can definitely get people to do anything and before you know it they're bringing out their wallets and I'll be honest with you, the one of the main reasons why I'm in the creative space and tech space is to provide value and to earn good enough income to take care of myself, my family, and whatnot. And I believe that's that should, I mean, that's, I don't think there's anything wrong in, in thinking that way. And I'm sure uh, that's true of many, many people. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to provide. And if this is a lucrative way to do so, I, I don't think people should feel bad about trying to be a provider of yeah. um, value. 100%. Um, so, I mean, we've spoken, I mean, we've dropped quite a number of um, amazing 
points here. So uh, maybe just to get this wrapped up, maybe we can discuss some of the things that uh, we can be doing as creative people. Um, uh, what should we, what, wh how should we approach this going forward? Like what should be the steps that we take in, in, in being more value oriented? I think for me, that would be the key phrase that I want to take away from this conversation. How can I be, be, be creative and also uh, value oriented? I, I wish I I wish we talked about this beforehand because this feels like this no this feels like really good and practical homework for me and I need to go back and research like what does it mean to be value oriented and how can I practice that in my own little way today um, yeah. I like um, there's there's something I've been sitting about sitting on and I haven't been able to figure out the how I would make money from it. Mm -hmm. and, but that doesn't mean it can't be something that provides value. And if maybe what it is, is I go out and get a job and use that job to fund working on this thing that provides value for X or Y amount of people, then, hey, if it never turns into a business, then I, I, I'll just chalk that up as community service. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And uh, or or just like God, you see, I'm doing volunteer work here. <laughs> you know, like whatever, whatever it takes. Uh, but I mean, it, it is the opportunity to work on technology and make a difference. And like I think before, like when I when I saw the Cartoon Network website and I said I wanted to design for the internet, I did not realize or think about what if it would even be lucrative to do so financially it was yeah. just something that impressed me and why maybe my goal could be make something that is impactful enough to someone to change the trajectory of their life for the better or you know um maybe that's a very grand uh, mission but maybe something that's impactful enough to make someone's life easier yeah just a little bit easier and I, I like as I'm saying this I know exactly the one thing I want to do the one thing I want to make it's been sitting on my desk um, I made a lot of money in the educational making software for these people in, in one context why not um, take the opportunity to make something and even though I don't know where the money is coming from think of it as my goodwill back to a community that has been so profitable and yeah and accepting to me and make something that makes their life easier and you know just just take that you, you mentioned the education space and I think right now with everything going on in the world it is a huge place that I think for a long time I hate to use the word disrupted um, but I mean, the, the COVID literally has disrupted the education industry without even trying, you know, kids having to study from home, um, people in university having to study from home labs, you can't do labs in school. And so, uh, there's definitely a lot of opportunities, um, and with the knowledge based industry where people who are knowledgeable to some extent in anything. And I'm, I'm also learning to my, myself that, with the things I've learned over the years that there's someone out there who would definitely value it. And so education definitely is, is a big thing um, as we are much more remote than we've ever been in history. People still want to learn. People want to learn new skills. People want to learn new ways of doing things. And we're also learning. Um, and you, you said something really, uh, really key about making life easier for someone. 
um, I, that cannot be underestimated. I mean, if I, I, I realize, especially in our industry and in tech industry, that the tools that that are designed to make life easier for someone uh, provide some form of convenience, um, things that save you time, things that don't make you think. They most people will flock to it if it solves if it solves that problem just that just making life easier for someone alone is enough to create an entire industry you know and i think that's one of the you know simple or very clear values that we should start thinking about and you might find out that like you said you already identify something that you already know that i guess once you focus on it that would meet that need or that or that niche you're trying to focus on um and i i i don't see why you know you shouldn't just give it a give it a shot and um so people then tend to say you know the money would flow eventually and i think i mean we've, we can look at a couple of examples that has been the case you know where something started out with i guess no revenue model at first but then because it's just uh, a huge amount of people that just can't do without it. Eventually, a, a model, a revenue model, is, is created, and then you smile to the bank. And the obvious one is Google. Yep, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. In fact, I I think um, I like the the focusing on the revenue model part is while honestly that is very critical to think about is maybe not the best way to start because if you're mm -hmm. trying to add value to people the um, what you think might be useful or what you think might be valuable versus um you, you for i i hate all these startup terms but um finding that product market fit in the first place um mm -hmm for you to find that product market fit you need to iterate to even find the right shape of product yeah for you know like um some, sometimes like in in this case i see a market but mm. the product to serve them um how it's shaped or what it takes is i is not quite clear to me and without that being clear it's hard like if you don't even know what it is you're trying to package off to sell, how do you think of a business model? So maybe it's just focusing on the fact that there is this market here. There are these people who have these sets of problems. What does the reasonable solution for this problem look like? I don't really know, but I'm down to explore. And then awesome. you explore and you find something that fits it. It's like, okay, this fits it, but there's these problems with it and you iterate and in solving one problem the whole product takes a new shape or you see the market from a different light mm -hmm. and that eventually leads you to a different type of product and when you have that and you understand that product it's like great so this does x y and z for these people and this is how it works this is how people come to it or this is what it solves for them it yeah. becomes easier to, or at least I hope at that point, it becomes easier to see if I charge them $10 for this, or if I put this or that, or these people do not want to pay. And as much as you hate ads, Uzo, this is the only way <laughs> to, to finance this operation. Yeah. You know, like, 
Uh, it, it would be a really sad realization. But oh, that reminds me. There's this guy on Twitter that um, I, I, I've been following uh, for a while and having conversations with. And he made a Twitter bot, a bot that helps you. Um, he, he's made a series of Twitter bots, things that do things on Twitter, like mm-hmm. um, you could set reminders. So if you say, remind me of this in eight hours, the bot will tweet at you eight hours later. It's like, hey, here's your notification. Um, wow. Here's your reminder. Um, so, or like you could do it for a year. So like you could, you know, like people will be on, on, on Twitter and be like, yo, vote for Buhari. He's the way forward. And then you could just be like, remind me of this for four years. <laughs> And four years later, <laughs> you're like, yep. You're like, weren't you the guy who was? Oh this my year? goodness! You know, um, that is jokes. Yeah. But but that that's what that bot is for, and it's 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 what the um, one of the circles I've seen it make waves in is in the finance community I was in the US. Say, I can imagine in finance for sure trading it's, and it's, stuff. It is, it is quite surprising. I mean, I didn't even think of it in that context, but like maybe somebody might make a prediction about a stock, that this stock is going to rise uh, 10x in the next three years. And somebody would be like, remind me of this in three years. <laughs> Only, you know, like, of course, the stock market changes and you're like, oh, you know, like, hey, weren't you the guy who was so confident promoting this stock? What's mm-hmm. happened now? You know, um, but he, he, he made a... a he made a bot and the one, one of the other bots he made, I can't remember. Oh yeah, no, it's this. Um, I can't remember exactly which bot it is, but it has a website for you to be able to set some configurations or do some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And he just, he slapped some ads on the, on the, on that page. There's like two ads at the bo- at the bottom of the page and it's making him a thousand dollars plus a month U S and he lives in Nigeria. And wow. it's like, this is a guy who, so, I mean, that that's outside his, he's already made the bot. In fact, the bot I believe is open source. And so you can go to GitHub and go fork the code and and set up your own. So like, there's literally no barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. There's people who have, forked the code and made their own bot, made their own modifications and stuff. And yet he is able to, you know, like I don't have a product right now that's making a thousand dollars a month. And mm. he, he, this guy made something, put the source code out there, did everything and just gave it out for free. And that is one of, that is a revenue stream for him. It's um, if he had, if, if he had been thinking about how to get paid before he made it, releasing the source code i don't think would have been one of the things that crossed his mind yeah and yeah. doing all these other things and yet he ended up figuring and I, I believe he doesn't like ads either but he somehow found a way to fund the operation and you know you just sometimes finding that product and realizing that even though it's a twitter app a, a web page with the with configuration settings is where people go to do some stuff and just the amount of people that go to that, there might be money. To, you can monetize the traffic to that page. And yeah. it, he's making money from the settings page of his app, not even the app function or any of that. He's not selling users on seats or added mm. features or anything like that. It's just, hey, when you want to set the time zone for your reminder, you go to this web page. On that web page, there's an ad. And, you know, 
Wow. That that that's it. Your your boys making making money, making money in dollars and spending in naira. Like I wow. what a good what, what a good life right now. <laughs> Man, un- honestly, I think I think a, a good homework for for both of us would be wow, um just value. yeah, value and also I, I was gonna say like can we like brainstorm and think of seemingly obvious ideas that maybe they've been built, but like just stuff that, you know, like if we created, not even thinking about money. And I think that's something that hinders me sometimes where I'm always, I think, you know, revenue first, but I'm like, yo, why don't you just think about actually just building it first and providing that value. So I'm, I'm more than happy to do that homework. And if you want to also where we just say, Hey, let's, let's just think of the obvious things and like, no idea is stupid in my opinion you know it's all about putting out there and testing it um and and i think maybe for our next conversation i'll I'll probably like have a list myself and like hey what do you think about this what do you think about that um this is this has been something i mean this last one you talk about you spoke about the the person that made this bot and um who would have thought that that could bring them a thousand dollars usd every month i mean that's 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 substantial you know especially if you don't have that much overhead just your laptop and your internet connection and you're smiling with a thousand dollars i mean that's that's really nice yeah like it's it's insane and i guess the context is that he did not set out as a thing to make money to to make something that this is how i'm going to make money he just made something that he thought would be useful to other people, useful to himself, and maybe yeah. other people might find use for it. And he even gave out the source code so you can take it and make your own version. But in 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 setting all this up for he he found he found value. He 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 could see a product, and he found the way to make money from this product. And um, I. Yeah just truly i'm I'm truly happy for him because this is um, an unexpected definitely an unexpected uh line of revenue and mm-hmm. honestly these are things people pray for just god, god bless i know money. i know <laughs> it's like it would be nice to have an extra thousand dollars a month just coming I, in from i won't be i won't complain i will definitely mm-hmm. not complain if you complain i'll fight you <laughs> <laughs> I will even wait. I will even wait for to vex. I will even wait for devil to come and punish you for ingratitude. I'll take that one personally. I, I think. I, I, I think. I think anybody. Anybody would could definitely use an extra thousand dollars a month, and that's. I mean, that's twelve k a year, man. That's that's substantial. That's substantial. Yeah, and it. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's funny to talk about this and laugh lightheartedly about it, but um, I I think um, it's it's just trying to solve people's problems and focusing on that, like sitting back and talking, like just reflecting on this conversation and all the stuff I've remembered um, that I feel like some of the most profitable ventures or things I've engaged in have been me completely ignoring money and just trying to do something Mm. like making a better website for my dad. I made one for him and like, I could have been like, Hey, I can make you a better website. It will cost you this and get into negotiations and stuff. I just got into it and did the work. Word. And um, in the same way, um, the like I, I mentioned, I, I mentioned there was something I, uh, 
a service I'd made that was my biggest um, source of revenue, like the biggest uh, business success I had. Mm-hmm. I didn't make, like when I made that thing, I first made it to help someone and I, to help my sister. Mm-hmm. And I did not expect it to be financially lucrative um, but she convinced me to just try and put it out there, uh, try and slap a price tag on it. Mm-hmm. And in, in doing so, that thing ended up spitting out more money than I'd ever made in my life. Like it wow. was at some points, there, there were points where we were bringing it up to like about 12,000 US dollars a month. Wow. And this is, I, I was, I was just completely stunned. Um, because this is something that if you'd asked me before it was made, uh, I was like, if you if you'd even made three hundred dollars a month, that would be like a dream for me. Like mm. I would like I would pay Netflix, I would pay my phone bill, and like I would just you know like it, that was it. That would be a nice, beautiful dream. Yeah. Only only for it to work out in a way that um, I like on days we made if we made $300 in a particular day, I would frown my face because I'm like, this is, this, this has not even reached the income level that I'm used to. Like this, right. this was not a, this was not a great day. And, um, you know, so I guess I have my own ingratitude to punish myself. Over. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but that's what, ha- I mean, that's understandable. I mean, once you've, once you've reached into a particular income bracket, anything lower than that looks like a disappointment. And so you, you, the, the aim isn't to earn less. It's actually to, earn more so i mean that i think that's in anyone's case that's like perfectly rational um mm. but i was going to ask like from a technical standpoint like how long did it was it was it hard to build that tool did it take you a long time or um or was it something that you just you hadn't built things over time so you just felt natural to you no it was the scrappiest jankiest thing ever Mm. um to till the till the day it shut down there was not even a, a way for users to log in if anyone wanted wow. to do any if anyone wanted to do anything with their accounts they sent me a message on on this the um i was work, i was working with a, a close friend in nigeria they sent us a message on whatsapp sorry not whatsapp facebook facebook chat mm. the chat widget and there were there was literally two pages to the web application the home page and the page that confirmed that you signed up correctly those mm. are the only two web pages that existed in the entire application and um they were not the most beautiful thing um i just did a stripe integration and you know uh, a, a web form to fill out your initial details if you yeah. wanted to update your details with us, you just chatted with us. And then I went, I had like automated scripts that I used to. So I manually entered your updates into the system mm-hmm. myself. And so you, there was no user interface. There was no uh, login system. There was none of that. It was the most basic yeah. thing ever. Um, the, the way the system communicated with people was by sending emails and, um, it was not like there was a lot of technical complexity mm-hmm. but in terms of user interface or front end there was basically zero front end your mm. your, your 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 interface was talking to us yeah um and 
So it, it, it was, that simplified a lot of stuff for us. We could change our internal operations without having to like create FAQs and teach users our new interface or the new way to do this, mm-hmm. or the new paradigm uh, or stuff like that. But um, into, it, it really, it, but it, it also created its own bottlenecks. But the, the point I'm getting at was that it was very simple. It was very scrappy. There was no, um, for, the, for, for the longest time, there was no database. There was mm-hmm. a JSON file that contained the user's information. And anytime we got a new sign up, I got the email with the data. And then I added that to the, J, to the JSON record and redeployed the application. There wasn't even wow. a database to do that. And eventually there was one and I ended up using, it was a very complex, I I used Redis as my primary database and Mm -hmm. um, there was some layers of abstraction. I was using RabbitMQ to set up queues for um, sending messages to the system, updating Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, It it got complex later on, but it started off very, very simple, very, very basic. And um, it, it, it just, um, I, I don't, till, till date, I don't think I've ever built a user system from scratch, like something where people can log in and mm-hmm. use stuff. And so it, um, you can imagine how that, that is where a lot of complexity lies and places where you give the user power to modify or control yeah. things. Um, there's a lot of uh, security and uh, a lot of other concerns around there. Um, but I, I basically skipped all of those just had a working product and mm-hmm. didn't even give you a way to update it. I, I did that myself. Didn't give you a way to um, a database to interact and like backup. It was a JSON file. Send so it emailed me and I updated it myself manually. And it was when I started losing business when um, somebody signed up and then they ended up getting a spot for themselves before I could get back to the computer to update it. That was what sprung the desire to create a database and automate the sign up oh, and, and adding it to the system myself and making it auto deploy a new instance for the customer. But all of that came af- way after the fact, like there was already a product, there was already um, mm. hundreds of dollars a, a week coming in at before, before, yeah. um, Actually, there was a point. I'm pretty sure it was at thousands of dollars um, a week already before I decided that we needed we we need a database here. Wow! Then there's, there's nothing there's nothing I admire more than scrappy, get it you know bootstrapping and making money, providing value, and just you know not overthinking the process. Not I mean you said you said you didn't have a database. That's for me. It's like mind-blowing i mean at first you didn't have a database so you had was a json structure and for those who don't know what the json structure is just think about saving something on the file um just let me just i'll put it that way and, it is literally a one file yeah. <laughs> that was it and 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 you're already having customers i mean a developer like me will be thinking oh my gosh i have to set up this set up that configurations this configurations that and instead you just said nope i just have not much of a user interface but if you need the business come to me or contact me and I get it set up for you. Um, man, this has been a great, great conversation. And um, I've, I mean, I've definitely learned so much from this and this has sparked some light bulbs that were off my head. Like, 
yo, just get out there, get scrappy, get, you know, you don't always, it doesn't have to be too clean at first, you know, just value, find that, yeah. like to my customers, having a database is of zero value to them. It's like how you store mm. the information, they don't care. As long as you're not leaking into the public, just this thing, do what I want. And I, I feel that like when you said, when you mentioned that, um, find that value, it, it, it just took me all the way back and yeah. I'm overthinking the current things I'm trying to do. Um, and I, I haven't really sat back to think about the value and um, I don't have the benefit of my sister pointing mm. out the, the, the value to me. So I need to get right. better at exploring that myself now and like talking to people and right. engaging them and seeing, hearing their problem and then making something that shows, gives them value. And being able to do that will take me far further as a, as a, as, as a business person, because yeah. once you can identify the value, you can then identify where you need to sink resources into or what you can skip right. and just get get something in front of them. And, hey, does this work? Does this solve your problem? Is this giving you value? If the answer is yes, then, you know, I, I can, you know, go forward from there rather than mm -hmm. worrying about what, da what database has the best partitioning technique or replica system that I need. Um, when I don't even know that it, what I'm doing is providing value in any way to them. Yes, man. I guess the, the key takeaway, for, I guess for everyone and for ourselves, value, value, value. Number one, provide value. Don't get to, don't fall in love with the technology. Don't fall in love with the tools. Think of value first, and that gives you the direction. Um, like you mentioned, you know, your sister was the person that, you know, I guess she understood the value to, you know, her industry and her field. And by by having that privilege, you were able to build something because you already knew what the value was. And so I think that's something we can take away from this, you know, uh, uh, thinking more in value. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just renamed this whole thing to value, value conversation. For the users who are for the people listening who don't uh, quite know, one of the reasons why we had initially thought of um, lock screen convos as the name of this um, recording series was because um, in, in one of the conversations there, there was a, there was a company that I had discovered and they did some mobile app development before the iPhone was built. They did uh, mobile, they did the app development for T-Mobile Sidekick. Mm. Um, and um, they, they started, they ended up building over 40 different apps for the T-Mobile Sidekick, but what they ended up, um, they, they built some very technically complex software. Um, the company is, is called Lava Labs, by the way. Um, and they built, um, they built a drum machine app, app with the low-level sound APIs on the T-Mobile Sidekick. Mm -hmm. they, built ton they built video games and stuff like that. But the series of applications they made where they found value and got customers and stuff was lock screens and just the screen after you you like cl cl close your phone 
they ended up making a bunch of apps that would have like customizable text that would be displayed. And to most people, there were there were far more people who were interested in customizing their device. And you know, when you lock your screen, like putting a wallpaper, putting a your name on it, putting whatever on 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 your phone, they found more success with and more customers in that market. And so after learning the low-level APIs of this device, it turns out that the way for them to get traction was something as basic as lock screens. And yeah. you, I, you, I, I, I mean, I, I can only imagine how deeply frustrating it would be to have built a whole sound machine, dr- drum machine app, something that allows you to create sounds, put stitch all this together, create an MP3 file or spit it out in different formats and do all of that um, yeah. EQ, everything you need to do for sound engineering. Tunji knows more about this than I am. At this point, I'm just saying words that I, <laughs> that I <laughs> but, but like doing all this crazy work and then it's like, oh, it's a lock screen. You type in what text you want and you, you save this and then when you lock the screen it shows that text that's it like i'll be like are you kidding me i spent all this time working on all this other stuff and this is what people are willing to pay me for get out of here um and so it was just the idea that what users might want may not be like the most technical thing the thing that pushes our technical abilities but something that solves a problem like a, what what people might resonate with might not be the most technically impressive thing you can do yep. but and i guess the word here is the thing that gives them the most value and quite frankly there were far more people who were interested in making their phone look and feel prettier look the way the, that appeals to them than people making beats so yeah it kind of makes sense in retrospect that the value proposition is, do you want your device to feel, do you want your device to feel, look cool or feel different? Do you want to customize it versus who here is down to make a beat? Mm. Um, the the use cases where, where you would find value more frequently is people just wanting their phone to be prettier for them. And, you know, anyone can resonate with that. You know, I have wallpapers on my phone. I arrange my icons the way I want. You know, mm. I, do, I do those sorts of things. So why wouldn't they want to customize their lock screen or background or all these other things versus I'm here, I, I'm, 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 I'm Swiss Beats and I want to make a track. You know, let me, let me download this drum machine app. How, how many Swiss Beats making beats are out there versus how many people who just want their phone to look prettier. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's uh, uh one of those also true um those stories that we can call back to in terms of like things that are that seem very ordinary to developers or people who are very technically inclined but then it's magic to everyone else and um I I I'm, I'm more than happy to start thinking that direction and I'm pretty sure for us, it's not even a skills issue. Like we really have the skills. So like really if, to build most of these things, we really know how to do them. It's just now getting that light bulb that lights up in your head and we're thinking, I, you know, if this is helping someone, I'm gonna go out there and do it. And um I I that's that's that that's gonna be my my way of thinking going forward, man. Mm, yeah. 
Awesome, man. So my brother, we should definitely do this again. This has been an eye opener. Um, more than happy to to have more of these conversations. And I think we we're, we're I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, our growth and you know coming back to you know with, with with new things that we're discovering and new things that we're building, new things we're working on, and um, you know we just keep it keep growing from there. Yeah, I'm. Thank you for this. Like whoever is listening, just realize that this conversation is for us as us, Tunji and myself, and as much as it is for you. Um, there's we're, we're talking and inspiring each other, trying to get better at making things and doing things. And part of that is removing all the obstacles, worrying about financing or um, technology and all of that, just putting that aside for a second and seeing where is the value and what can I do to add value to other people? Uh, and in, in doing that, you, you, will, you will go much further than if you try to, you, you'll definitely go much further than if you try to think about all the details from the beginning. There's a, the journey might not be completely clear when you start, mm. but in the in the day to day processing of it and moving forward, you know, you will you'll realize that your your tiny date night app is is date night questions is what is making people's evenings better and what they're willing to send you money for. And even though you can build a whole game engine, um, just questions to ask their partner might be what move what 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 will where your engineering adds true value to people awesome man so i think we can we can call this we can wrap this up this isn't this isn't great until until next time rap city thank you everyone <laughs> thanks Tunji. i appreciate it thanks guzo thanks, thanks for having me i'm grateful right. okay. uh hold on by the way i'm just trying to see something